We are looking this morning at the final I am statement of Jesus in John's Gospel. So turn with me uh, or listen to John chapter 15. And Jesus is speaking uh, these words. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. You remain in me. And without me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is for my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that your joy may, that my joy, the joy of Jesus, my joy may be in you and it may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, so you may know everything that I learned from the Father. I have made it known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love 
each other. It was in 1979 that Pink Floyd, you know Pink Floyd, the, uh, the rock band, that brought out an album, and the album was called The Wall. And uh, The Wall was there, and the guys were behind the wall because they were isolated and cut off. And one of the tracks in that album is called Is There Anybody Out There? Uh, the whole album kind of looks at themes of abandonment, isolation, lost in meaninglessness, and our existence. What is it? Who am I? Where am I? Is there anybody out there? Are we alone in this uh, universe? Well, those were not just questions of Pink Floyd in 1979. They're the questions that people are still asking and seeking answers for uh, today. But in the passage that we have just read, Jesus says, there is meaning, there is purpose. You are a part of a bigger picture. And the way that Jesus explores these wonderful themes of friendship and meaning and purpose and reason for existence is all around the great opening statement of this chapter, I am the true vine. Jesus says we can belong to him as branches belong to a vine. And the Father, there is someone out there. He's called the Heavenly Father. And we can belong to him. And he's described in the opening verse here as the gardener. When Jesus used this graphic picture of himself as the vine, it wouldn't have been strange. Uh, people all over homes and communities in Israel would know what a vine was, a grape vine. Many of them had grape vines in their houses and uh, the grapes uh, would have been pressed and wine, refreshing wine, would have been available uh, for the household and for the community. But at a deeper level, there's another connection. Back in the Old Testament, God describes Israel as his vine. He talks about bringing a vine out of Egypt, referring to those wonderful days when he rescued and he redeemed and saved his people from the bondage and slavery of Egypt. I brought out a vine. Then in a very famous chapter of the Bible, Isaiah chapter 5, God there talks about, uh, again in a song and in a picture, uh, of a beloved, a beloved who planted a vine. He loved the vine. He tended the vine. He cared for the vine. He dug uh, uh, around it so that it could be uh, fully watered. And there was a lot of investment in the vine. God is telling his people, I have invested my love, my purposes in you. 
But the sad thing was that the gardener went out to look at his vine and the vine had failed. There was no fruit. There was blight. There was no harvest. There'd been a disaster. The vine had not fulfilled its purpose. And it's as if God is saying that uh, Israel has failed in the destiny that God had for her. And so when Jesus steps into time and history and space and teaches about who he is and why he has come, he says, I am the true vine. In other words, I am the fulfillment uh, of the wonderful pictures and symbols in the Old Testament of the vine. I am the true vine. I am the authentic vine. I am the new beginning vine of God's purposes and of God's uh, plans. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty Israel had failed, but the Son of God had come and he does not fail. Indeed, he succeeds. He is the true vine. He is the faithful vine. He is the fruitful vine. And if we are his disciples, if we have come to believe in him, like branches are grafted into the vine, so we have been grafted. In other words, we're joined. We are joined. We are united to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that if you join a team or if you join a project or you join a community group or you join a choir or you join a gym, you belong. You're a part of. Well, in a greater way and in a more profound, exciting way, Jesus is saying, I have joined you to me. I am the true vine and the true vine of God has fruitful branches. You are my friends. You are my disciples. That is what we read in those verses. And the exciting thing is that if you are a true disciple and a true friend of Jesus, you are joined, you are united to him. And so it's about being connected to Jesus. But the whole emphasis of this part of the Bible, the words of Jesus we have just read, is that we need to stay connected. And the word that Jesus uses here for staying uh, is the word remain. The older versions have the word abide. Stay connected. Remain in me. Abide in me. So our Christian faith and testimony is not a one-off decision that we make about Jesus, although that decision is vital, get connected, but we're in fellowship, we're in communion. There's an ongoing walk, if you like, in the friendship and in the uh, relationship. Now, Jesus underlines here that the, the option, the alternative option is stark. Listen to the words of uh, Jesus. If you do not remain in me, if you don't stay connected, the prospects are awful. If you do not stay connected, Jesus says, you're like a branch that is thrown 
away and you wither and it's picked up and it's thrown into the fire for the burning. So to explore this wonderful connection that believers have with Jesus, the true vine, uh, I want us to uh, think of three things in particular. I want us firstly to think of the foundation of our connection, the foundation of our union to Jesus. The foundation is not in ourselves, but in Jesus. I am is how this chapter begins. Everything begins with Jesus, the great declaration of I am, the declaration of being God, the declaration of uh, he being joined to God. That is the foundation. And look at how that works out. Jesus says here, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So the foundation of our union with Christ lies in Christ and in his word. As a disciple, the first disciples, they heard the voice. They heard the words of Jesus. They came, they accepted the word of Jesus. And by the power of that word, they were cleansed. They were transformed. They were cleansed from their sins. They were cleansed from their disobedience and from the consequences of disobedience. The cleansing power of the word of Jesus has enabled and equipped us to become disciples so that our discipleship, the foundation of it, and the foundation of being joined to Jesus lies outside of ourselves. It lies in the powerful word of Jesus, the true word, the true vine, the true word. And then look at another feature of the foundation here. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. The amazing, unconditional love of Jesus is the foundation of my relationship with him. We love him because he first loved us. And he declares here his love. Earlier on in uh, chapter 13, as he sits down to explain some wonderful things to his disciples before he's about to leave them, he tells them that he wants to show them the full extent of his love. And we know that the full extent of that love will reach its spectacular climax in the cross of Calvary. Greater love has no man than this, that he lays down his life. It's sacrificial love. And the foundation of me being connected and joined to Jesus has its roots in the subsoil of loved with everlasting love, led by grace, that love to know. A final aspect of the foundation is this. It's what Jesus says in verse 16. 
You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you may go and bear fruit. Again, my choice matters. My decision to follow Jesus matters, but there's a bigger decision before that decision. It's the decision that Jesus took. Indeed, later on in the Bible, we will find in books like Paul's letter to the Ephesians and the Romans and Colossians, that before time, before the sun, the moon and stars were born, there was a choice made, God's eternal choice in Jesus to save and to rescue me and to appoint me. My becoming a Christian is a result of a divine appointment. And that means that there is a wonderful purpose to my life. Me being joined, me being connected, me being a branch in the vine is not just a second thought. Indeed, it's the great forethought. It's the great eternal plan of God. My life has meaning, purpose, direction. My real identity is found in the choosing and electing appointment of God for me. Doesn't that make you sit up and feel, well, I may not be very significant in my family, may not be very significant in my church, in my community. Who am I? I'm chosen. I'm loved. I'm cleansed by the word of God. And there's a tremendous purpose. Now we're going to see in a moment that there are features to this great purpose and flowing from this foundation. But that doesn't mean it's always easy because God's appointment and God's choosing and loving, we see here, brings about a process of what's called here pruning. And the pruning is oftentimes painful. In other words, what has to be cut off? What's got to be removed? What's got to be cleansed from my life? Getting rid of everything that hinders my growth and my development and my enjoyment of being a branch in the vine who is Jesus. Paul puts it in Romans in this way, put to death everything that raises up or seeks to destroy and discourage us from being more like Jesus. You see, Jesus wants to transform us, but to transform us, sometimes there's a lot of work to be done. But the wonderful thing about this whole foundation process is that as my roots go down into the subsoil and as I remain and keep connected to Jesus, well, I have his fellowship, I have his companionship. I'm never alone, but I have strength, I have power. You might be facing a big one at the moment in your life, a big challenge. You might be facing a, a, a big and sometimes overwhelming obstacle that has been there for many years and needs to be dealt with. This chapter is telling me, I am the true vine, you are the branches, is telling me you're not going to do that in your own strength. You don't need to do that in your own strength. Jesus, the true vine, provides all the nourishment. Jesus provides all the power and all the strength. Being united to Jesus, 
I can do, not on my own, I can do in Jesus, the foundation. Secondly, what is the focus of our union to Jesus? Is there one thing where the light shines that helps us to see what is the focus of our fruitfulness, which is described in these verses? Well, it's in one phrase, or as Jesus calls it, it's in one command. And the command is this, as I have loved you, you are to love each other. Fruitfulness, union with Jesus, showing that you're a true disciple, is going to be seen. It's going to be evidenced in love for each other. And Jesus was talking to the disciples, so it's like him saying, now look around the room, guys. Uh, look at your fellow disciples. I've loved you all, and I'm asking you to love each other. I am committed to you. Indeed, the commitment's big because he says, as the Father has loved me, you cannot get a bigger love. You cannot get a greater love than that. The love of the Father to the Son. And now the love of the Father to the Son is to be shown, evidenced, in the love of disciples for each other. It's love, love, love all the way. You may know that in the Bible, love is a choice. Jesus chooses to love. There may not be anything lovely or likable in the guys around him, but he has loved. He has made a, a choice. And there may be challenges here for us. Look around the church this morning. Look at the person in front. Turn around after. Have a look who is behind you. How do we love each other? And how do we show that love? How do we show love in the home? Husbands to wives, wives, husbands together to children. How do we love our neighbours? How do we love our community? How do we love and show love in the church? What, what practical ways can we show love? And then when we go to work tomorrow, when we go to school, how can we show and display that love? There's a challenge in the focus of staying connected to Jesus. I am the true vine. You are the branches. It's not just a lovely feeling, but there's an outworking here in practical ways. And then finally, uh, features, some features of our being in the vine, our connection, our union and communion with Jesus. Now there are many. I just want to mention a few. Verse 7 says to us that if you are joined, if you are connected to me, that's going to affect your prayer life. So in the word, Jesus talks to us. In prayer, we talk to him. We have fellowship and we have communion. And Jesus says here, anything you ask in my name, this is a particular kind of praying. It's a prayer that realizes what is the will? What is the purpose of Jesus? It takes some time to find that out in specific ways. But anything you ask in my name that's to do with representing me in my name, 
I'll give it to you. Jesus is promising here answered prayer that relates to him. It's by prayer that we show we're in fellowship uh, with Jesus. And we may ask in his name anything that relates to our representation of him. His will is best for me. And we're basically saying here, Lord, your will be done. Then another feature of staying connected is, as we remain in Jesus, we are told there is joy. Look at verse 11. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, in the world and in the community around us, joy is related to happenings or joy is related to status or joy is related to things. Here we are told joy. Jesus is joy in me. It's the joy of Jesus. What was Jesus' greatest joy? Well, he tells us to do the will of the Father. And our joy will come as we do the will of Jesus. There's tremendous joy. With that joy, there is peace. With that joy, there is contentment. With that joy is that tremendous sense of communion with him. I am his. He is mine. And we have that wonderful friendship that Jesus talks uh, about here. And then a final feature that permeates this uh, whole uh, section. The great aim of our union, of our being connected to Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches. Get connected, stay connected. What is the great aim? Well, look at it there at the beginning of verse 8. This is to my Father's glory. The whole of the ministry and life of Jesus was that God would be glorified, that the spotlight would be on the majestic splendor of God. And this is always true in Christian life. It's not about me, not unto me, O Lord, not unto me, but unto you. I want my whole life to please you. I want my whole life to honor you. I want my whole life to show others who you are and what you have done for me and what you can do for them. The glory of God. You may know that the composer, uh, John Sebastian Bach, wrote these wonderful pieces. What is it all about? Well, he tells us at the end of every manuscript, sola deo gloria, for the glory of God. All his composition, all his music was for the glory of God. Well, that elevates all our tasks, doesn't it? Uh, there was one lady who uh, put above the kitchen sink, well, now it's the dishwasher, but there's other chores to do in the house, aren't there? She put up above the sink. Divine worship is conducted here at least three times a day. Do we see the worship and the glory of God again in the smallest tasks, in all the chores, uh, in all the opportunities, in all the projects that we are involved in, the fruit bearing that we want to happen here, there and everywhere. We want it all to be for God's glory. Seeing 
loving and glorifying God is what being connected to Jesus is going to mean. There are great encouragements here for us this morning. Get connected if you're not a Christian. Get connected to Jesus Christ. Trust him, accept him. And if you are a Christian, stay connected. Keep connected by faith. Amen.